Welcome to Let's Get Writing, the podcast that explores the creative process of writing from books, scripts, plays, and poems to songs and blogs. This series focuses on authors, publishers, and artists. Catherine's guests share their process of writing in all its forms. Listen along to discover personal journeys behind their work, explore options from indie to traditional publishing, and learn tips and secrets to inspire you. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. I'm your host, Katherine Taylor. This is season four. I can hardly believe it. Let's Get Writing is all about the writing process from creation to publication. Here is where you can find inspiration, ideas, and meet the people behind the stories. We bring life to books and so much more. We're available each week on my Facebook page where I go live and also shows are hosted on my YouTube channel at Katherine Taylor TV. And if you like your content on the go, why your favorite podcast platform will also have Let's Get Writing. And please share and like the shows because that's a wonderful form of support for our authors and for Let's Get Writing. Now, on to the good part. My guests today are the talented team behind a beautiful collection of treasured recipes, tales, and experiences that celebrate Newfoundland's unique culture and heritage. And if you haven't figured it out yet, we are in Newfoundland, and that's where I'm broadcasting from. Now, this book, yes, it's a cookbook, but it's so much more. It will take you on a one-year food journey that explores the wild foods of Newfoundland, the land it comes from, and it also encourages everyone to put more traditional foods back on their plates. Now, I'd like you to meet Chef Lori McCarthy and photographer Marsha Tolk, and they're going to join me here now on Let's Get Writing and Let's Get Going. Hi, ladies. How are you? Good. Hi. It's a windy day here in the on the island. You're on the east coast. I'm in central. and uh, But we've battened down the hatches, and here we are. We got the fire in, so it's all that matters. <laughs> it's all that matters. Look, I have to say I so enjoyed looking at your book, and yeah. it excited me about, about, about our province and about all that we have that sometimes I think I forget to appreciate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I want to say you ladies really get around, and I mean that in the best possible <laughs> way. <laughs> I want you to tell me a little bit about that journey of writing this cookbook. And all the things you did to get there. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll I can I'll start on that one. Um, when I started my business, and uh, it was ten years ago now, I think it was you know the purpose behind doing that was to really capture Newfoundland, its people, its stories, its and its food, um, just to celebrate it, right? And it was for travelers that were coming here. And then I realized that there was a lot of local people here that also wanted to go out and, and, you know, have these experiences. And I started talking to people, started with my grandparents, actually, just to sit down with them and with, to question them with, the, I guess, with just intention of, you know, because I'm very close to my family, luckily. And um, I, but I just wanted to sit down and ask some real questions about what was, you know, what, what was it like? What did you eat? And, and, all the traditions around 
food and seasonal eating and um and that's how it started and when and then every time i would travel around the province i would you know either invite myself into someone's house or for a cup of tea or there was there was you know a scattered beer that was had out in the shed with a fella plucking turs too right and so it was really that that made this come together right and collecting all this uh just this richness of here i mean it absolutely deepened my appreciation for here and we were i it was approached to um write a book several times and entrepreneur two small kids busy life hot towns i was like are you kidding i don't have time to write a book um but what's one of those things that came out of covid you know we many times we, we talk about some of the good things that came out of it and so this book actually was born during that time and uh yeah it gave me the opportunity and then i needed someone to make that happen with and so and that would be your sidekick <laughs> marsha <laughs> yeah absolutely well, it's, it's a beautiful food journey, really, is I think how I would describe it. And I think you describe it that way as well. And the photography and the stories uh, just really brought a lot of memories to me and actually a desire to try some of the foods in different ways. Um, and I think, I think that you, to write a book like that, how did you approach it? Uh, I think, well, we, we specifically said we are going to take 12 months and Lori came up with the idea originally to break it down into uh, not so much seasons, but calendar seasons, but more availability seasons. So in April, May, June, things are starting to come alive and things are growing and you, we've decided to start there and we would work through those three months. And when the three months were up, that was it. We were finished with that section. And then we'd move on to the next section. And we just did the whole 12 months like it is in the book. Yeah, so it was really, you know, picking and eating and, and harvesting and fishing and everything that, any recipe that we wanted to make happen had to happen in those months. Yeah. And I think that's so critical to food and, and eating here because that's how it is, right? And once you get it, you, there's there's no opportunity to get it again. It's you know it's you have to wait mushroom season, yeah, or it's like <laughs> hearing season and mackerel, and you want it, then you have to figure out what you're going to do with it to sort of extend it. Like we eat here anyway mm -hmm. um, throughout the year, so that you can have that piece of herring in on the fire with you, and you know when you go ice fishing in February. And so that was really fun. And you know I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> of course you have. Of course I have. I'm a Newfoundlander. But it was a very wonderful way to do it. And as I worked through the book, and I thought, yeah, seasonally, you know, our berry seasons and our seasons where people are, are hunting and the moose and so on. And I thought, what a great way to approach it, because otherwise it would, would just almost be overwhelming. How would you how would you approach all the wonderful things we can harvest here? And I think at times we we forget that. But but there's images of it everywhere as you travel the highways and see cars parked or uh, one particular thing that I re really liked. But we'll get to that after we look at some photographs. There are certain uh certain scenes that you can see shall I say, <laughs> that, are very, that are also very interesting and we'll have a look at that um certainly stunning photography throughout the book glimpses into pantries and scenes from the old days um how did all you know where did all that come from how did you dig it up and take it and 
Uh, well, it, it, it really started, uh, it was a great platform for me to use some of the old photographs that I had from my grandfather, um, my father's father. He had a dark room in his uh, house, in his family home. It's about a 110 year old family home. And as a kid, I would go up into the dark room, which I just thought was a room without a window when I was small. And but I did find out later on that it was an actual dark room that he would develop film and process photographs. And I have all of his equipment and his photographs. So uh, it was a great, great opportunity to take them and put them into the light again, because they're absolutely beautiful, I thought. And I used them in university, and this was a great chance to put them out there. And Lori's family had a collection of old photographs, so I digitized them and touched them up, and they're in the book. And it was just a great collaboration to put traditional and contemporary pictures together and really show that our traditions have lived on, even despite the years going by. Yeah, it's, I mean, I love that. I love that we have the old photos, and then there's pictures of Marsh and I when we were younger with our children when they were younger. And then there's photos of food and it is, it's a really nice way to, I don't know. It's of course we're so, it's so close to our heart because it's so filled with our family and our friends and people that our food journey began with. Right. My mother's there and making tea buns and like tea buns. I mean, you know, it's a tea bun in Newfoundland. You can't go anywhere and not, you know, <laughs> So, I mean, it's, it's a mix of that and, and photos of, of, that are just really close to us, right? And, and just an opportunity to, yeah, to put to light those people who have brought, got us to where we are, you know? But they're, the pictures are personal to us, but they're so approachable to so many people. I think, I think they're in photo albums of people all over the province or in boxes somewhere because when you see one thing that you mentioned, you see the families mingling and the kids sitting there with their parents and all ages of people yeah. having a picnic just out by the side of the river. I can picture those. Absolutely. I have pictures of my parents doing things like that, that we don't often see enough anymore, I think. It's a, it's a really beautiful moment for us when we, you know, lay the book in someone's hands and they they get no further than the first couple of pages and like it's a dead stop. And it's like, then there's a story that starts. It's like, oh, I remember this and we remember and we did this and, and that's what makes it. Like that's what makes it for us is that this is exactly what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to sit around with the book and people and look at these photos and it's supposed to take you to a place in your life. And when it does, the Newfoundland storyteller comes out in everyone. <laughs> and it's a beautiful, it's a very nice moment to see, actually. It would take about a month to get through the whole book. <laughs> yeah. It could. And you said, I think there were over 35,000 photographs that, that you were going through or something. Did I not read that somewhere? Yeah, the old photographs, I have a collection of about 600. And uh, then my own personal photographs. And then the pictures we took purposely for the book. So yeah, it was a lot of pictures. <laughs> so what's the secret to a great food photograph? I mean, you had to make meals and you had to, <laughs> then you had to decide how you're going to take pictures. You got any tips to share with anyone? <laughs> uh, don't take pictures in bright light. <laughs> and action pictures. We purposely wanted to mm. put action pictures in it, like in the moment. Uh, a lot of pictures we did, we went somewhere with nothing and we purposely put things together on the fly to see what it would look like. And it turned out really well. Uh, there's a picture of a beach salad. We foraged for beach mm. greens 
And that's in the beginning of the book. And that was completely, other than you bringing out a bit of oil. Yeah, yeah. That was it. <laughs> so it was a very creative process, like to to cut out that carve out, I should say, that time and that space to just go and be creative. And as, you know, people who create and develop and artistic and martial, you know, and, and I, it's uh, it's so important to the process to give to give yourself that time to do it because oftentimes some of the best moments and best photographs come out of that that time mm -hmm. together, you know, just yep. to, yeah, let's just go see what we can make happen. Like that with no boundaries and no restrictions. It's, yep. And make you know. mistakes. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. it's just a picture. You can take another one, which and helps I a lot. <laughs> There's no doubt. It's delightful. And I love the comment in your introduction. What is the first? Okay, everyone, this is a quiz. What is the first question of the day in Newfoundland? And, it, and if you did not say, what are we taking out for supper? Nice. <laughs> I'm not from Newfoundland. <laughs> and I but, thought, that's so true. Yeah, but it speaks... It speaks to us and our culture and the book exactly, right? Like so many times in the book where it was the food was taken, you know, we photographed the food, harvested it when it was the season. So for rabbit season, rabbits were taken. Mm -hmm. And then it was, what do we do with the rabbits? Well, we make something fresh with it, but then we also bottle the rabbits. And then later in the book in January, February, you'll see a recipe for bottled rabbit, right? And that's when the bottled rabbit comes out and it's made with fresh pasta and it turns into something else. And so, yeah, what you're taking out or, you know, whether you're going to the pantry to get a bottle of mousse or a bottle of rabbit or the you know, freezer, the or... freezer, it's always like, what are you taking out for supper? It's so true. Oh, yeah. And, and if you don't own two or three freezers, I mean, you're... you're... <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do with it all? And... Uh, it's it's just amazing and we are a lot about food and i think a lot about how we source it and which brings me back to the recipes because you've taken and i would want to say that there are some very fancy names on on things and <laughs> I, did, <laughs> I did write them down and, and now of course i have so so many things here but um I uh, well, I saw one moose tongue as raisin sauce. That's not a fancy name, but it's certainly an interesting dish. The rabbit roulade was fun. Yeah, that was fun. That yeah, was, we keep we keep joking when we were making it. We we're like, I don't think anyone's ever going to make this. So that's my challenge to all the viewers. <laughs> if somebody ever makes that, we would love to have a yeah. picture of it. We want pictures. Oh, I think they'll make it because the, the recipes are not not complicated and and the photographs are very very intriguing i mean they'll, they'll, i know there are some in there i'm definitely going to make but i don't know if i'll ever do the moose tongue <laughs> <laughs> but you know there, you know you when you, you speak to the recipes like we you know we spoke about the recipes are they really are a mix of old and new and and the overall purpose of even you know the work i do and why i do what i do is to keep it on our plates right mm -hmm. and um because the idea that some of that will get lost is just kind of heartbreaking to me and to us. And that's, I think, what motivates us to do the work we do and, and to write the book. And, you know, people get, we can all get really caught up in the traditional way that something has to be done, right? And you talk to someone about cooking turs or cooking, you know, whatever it is, this is how it's got to be done. The Jake's dinner. Right. Yeah. And I love that. I love that, that we're so traditional like that. Um, and that is our culture and this cultural food. But I think that we have to remember that culture changes, right? And and that that evolution, 
Yeah, and it's about that evolution of, of culture. Um, because if we, I think that if we, uh, if, we can, if we don't continue to change the food just a little bit, that the fear is that the next generation won't eat it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, I tell people all the time, it's okay to change it and do, you can do curry with mousse or you can do, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's okay. I had that yesterday. I did have it yesterday. <laughs> I was like, it doesn't, like, a, you know, a bottle of, of curry paste and, and a bottle of mousse and you've got supper in like 10 minutes, <laughs> you know. That's not a lot. But, right. And so mm -hmm. it's okay to change it and evolve it. And that was a lot of the, the fun in this is yeah. that how far can we take a moose tongue and make it beautiful right and it was even if you don't make it <laughs> well I, I i'm not not to scorn that because it's no. like, i wouldn't eat cod tongues when i moved home and now i think they're quite quite nice yeah. <laughs> it might convert you Right, you just don't know. Never say never. Yeah. I I noticed that you talked a lot about uh, when there was a yeast. Well, not a lot about, but you mentioned the yeast shortage, and that you have uh, found ways to um, get yeast from nature. And and you even name your different um, your different. I would call them <laughs> mothers, cultures, or your mothers. Yeah, like I noticed you had uh, Hilda Maxine and Margaret, and so, <laughs> so wild yeast. That was pretty. Yeah, cool. yeah. Well, that uh, I've probably been making wild yeast, I guess, for five or six years now. And then, of course, when the COVID came in, and there was this yeast shortage in Newfoundland, and yeah. mom calls, and it's like everyone's making bread now. She can't get any yeast. She's beside herself. And I was like, sure, I got the fridges full of yeast. And um, yeah, I mean, harvesting wild yeast is easy. There's wild yeast on everything that's outside. You could you could make wild yeast on birch bark literally right usually i'll, I'll use um juniper berries um black currants like yep. lots of really nice berries like that whole yeast really well and you're just feeding it and and uh and you'll always have a piece like that bread that you make with it or those pancakes that you make with it um that's a pretty unique yeast it's not like any other yeast anywhere in the world mm -hmm. and i think that's a little bit of the high of it <laughs> well i have a friend who who has the same thing and this this is called michael her thing right. that she that she feeds and he makes sourdough bread all the time for her right so, it's like the, like today's feed the bread mothers tomorrow the vinegars need to be fed and the kombucha needs to be fed and exactly open up my cupboard and it's full of like blobs and fermenting stuff and now now i'm obsessed with koji there was like so many, like you open the liquor cabinet where, you know, dad would go to get a drink at four o'clock because it's Newfoundland it's and you open it up and there's like rice fermenting and soybeans fermenting now because I'm making miso. And so, and that is about, again, pushing the limits of the food here and how do we grow it and change it and make it better, better and beautiful, right? Well, not better, just different. Just different, different. yeah. Right. Yeah, but it's alive. It's food that's alive. And mm. I think, you you know, kids have been growing up to think that food comes from a grocery store. And when you go yeah. back to source, they're like, ooh, I'm not eating that. But that's yeah. what food is. And and to be able to put things on our plate that, that is so close to, you know, being on the hoof to the plate with what that brings, is it's pretty, pretty nice to be able to do yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's not uncommon for, you know, Marcia's kids and my kids to come home and see us butchering rabbits or a side of pork or lambs and whole like and grinding moose and 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 butchering moose and so it's kind of crazy we get really excited Lori <laughs> called me up one day and she said 
I have someone dropping off a berry. You want to come over? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, so that's what we're doing Friday night. We're having oh, you too. <laughs> well, not to be outdone, I got my salmon waders this year. And I, Yay. I uh, because I went salmon fishing without the proper gear. So I said, hmm. This oh, is not going to work if I'm going to do this. And then I also uh, got my um, uh, hunt, uh, gun license. So you? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm slowly moving in different directions. Yeah, and it's, um, it's empowering. It is empowering. And it's certainly a surge of it now, especially women mm -hmm. and young people. And the, you know, the boys went ahead and got the age reduced for young, for youth to be able to hunt and, this is the stuff that if we don't pay attention to it, then mm -hmm. it won't. We can't make policy change or or be any have any interest in it. Then it will be gone. It will be gone. Right, and so it is really important. And like who I remember telling mom, I was going to teach with with the company. I was going to teach a wild game butchery, and mom is like, "Oh, mm -hmm. sweetie, who's gonna? No one's gonna do that." But mm -hmm. you know what? The 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 age that that of people that came were from like twenty five to fifty five. Well, that's where we met. And that's how we met, right? Oh my! And you know, you have you have moments of humor in your book, and and one of them that really stayed with me was to quote you, Lori. You said, "I feel for anyone trying to sell mom last year's seal flipper." <laughs> so if you're on the mainland, you probably don't even understand this. They're like, "What are they talking about?" But to a Newfoundlander, like Just your mother, yeah. You find a Newfoundlander and they, you ask them. <laughs> There's lots of them in Ontario and Alberta and all across. So <laughs> so I thought things like that were, were so interesting. But when we talked about food and you, you said it's important to, to hold on to these traditions, and I think we are seeing it. Places like Fogo Island Inn or different restaurants have embraced our culture and brought new tastes and ways of cooking it. It's to me, it's really exciting. We should have been doing this a long time ago. Yeah, there's a lot of great people making waves in food in you know Newfoundland Labrador right now, and it is it's so nice to see. I just saw an Instagram post the other day of a chef in Ontario making something out of a moose nose. So, yeah, <laughs> right, and and so it's we you know that whole nose to tail, nose to tail, <laughs> right? It's and then, but, and we have there's such talented cooks and chefs across mm -hmm. that are really embracing it and and every, and now the you know the indigenous food is making a rise and and we're putting those people and those food on the stage and it's it's, it's fantastic yeah, and I noticed an endorsement at the front of your book from Tim Charles, uh, who's yeah. stuck at Fogo Island Inn. And I just have to say, he and his wife, and at the time, daughter Alice, they now have Clara as well. But they were in my kitchen, and he showed me how to cut up a chicken. And he uh, made an omelet the next morning with crab, Newfoundland crab, and something, a spinach maybe? I'm not sure. But, oh, it was such a treat. And I could tell from sort of his love of food and in. in in Newfoundland, you know, it's just great to have people like you and people like Jim that are doing this. And we've been talking so much about food. I'm, I'm hoping everyone's mouth is watering, but I want to show a few things in the stream. Um, and let's see how this is going to go. Um, I think it's probably a, as good as I can do that there. So here, this is the cover of your book. And uh, you guys feel free to just jump in about these photos. Scrumptious. Well, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, those are my. That's uh, Nan's gingerbread. 
we uh, we did an event out on the west coast in Gross Morn for um, twelve people, and uh, we made everyone little gingerbreads. And Marsha had um, rose hip syrup, and we finished it with rose hip syrup. Oh, nice! nice. <laughs> you had ro uh, you had um, a recipe in there for rose sugar, which I thought was so cool. This mm -hmm. is you guys out there on your travels. It <laughs> is. Trip, yeah. That's the trip to Gross Morn. Yeah, I want to go back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And here you are uh, up by the outhouse. <laughs> that was a great day. We drove like way down to us. We just, we went in search of this old abandoned kitchen that Marcia took some photos of years ago. We wanted to recreate. Anyway, we get down there. It's like sideways rain and fog. Now that landscape down there is spectacular. And we were soaked that day and we just left all day and Jonathan Randall uh, Smith, another amazing photographer here in Newfoundland. He was such a, he was like such a trooper that day. Anyway, it was a great day. Yeah. And that's us laughing. I've got to get, yeah, there's so many nice ones. This one here, this photograph, I actually stole that one from your book myself this morning because look at the serving utensils there, like the, the, the carving knife and the, and the but the bone handles and then behind the rock in the snow like and the scallop mm. uh, you know that is just so beautiful i love the way you guys put that together well that's what she's doing that's another on the fly photograph oh is it yeah beautifully done and to anyone who's never eaten a scallop fresh out of the sea you have to try it i've actually done that thanks yeah. to Oh, and this is where the humor <laughs> just <laughs> all hands arse up. Okay, we uh, if you're from Newfoundland, you know what that means, right? And you know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I mean I tell the story in the book, but when I have guests out either weren't from here in the fall of the year, they would say, you know, what are what are what are all the people on the side of the road? Like, what are they doing? And I would say, of course, what do you mean? All hands arse up. Well, it's very picking season, and you know, so it always let. And this is my mom and my aunt Barb. Oh. who are beyond characters. And <laughs> you know, this is like what you get when you go in the woods with mom and Aunt Barb for the day berry picking, right? Oh, can, like, I'm sure they appreciate that photo of uh, of uh, their on the, oh. of them on the show like that. And just look at the colors here on the left. Look at that, the rocks and the I fish. I love that one. Yeah, yeah. That's favorite. We keep talking about pulling, you know, 10 shots out and getting um, – Prince. Prince done because so many people have asked us for prints of the photos and and we thought it'd be a nice touch. Well, definitely, and there's a few more I can maybe squeeze in here. Oh, that oh, this is kind of a smorgasbord of of shots just to give people an idea of of, of where you've been and what you've done and what you've integrated. Looks like a lot of fun there. Yeah, yeah. We, we decided to. There were so many pictures we didn't want to leave out, so we decided to do collages on the insides of the covers. Yeah, amazing. So beautiful. Look at those muscles. Well, ladies, we could talk forever, and I certainly would enjoy doing that with you. And uh, I think we are going to do a little more on Instagram. But I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and, and talking about this. And, and, and I think for what you've done for our food culture and place, really. Um, I think there were so many people that will enjoy this book. Any final words for the chefs that attempt some of your recipes? Well, yeah, we'd love to have, we'd love to be tagged on your photos on Instagram. Marsha's at Food of Generations and I'm at Food Culture Place. So we would love to have, um, we would love to see what you're doing. Like an article just came out in the National Post 
making with Nan's gingerbread and people from around the world started sending me photos of my grandmother's gingerbread recipe. Which and that's, that's what makes it. That's, that's the whole point. That's the whole point. Yeah. Wonderful. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much. And folks, thank you so much for joining us. I hope we've tempted your palate today. Have a great week. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. We'll see you again soon. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So please let us know what you thought of this episode and share your ideas for future guests or topics. You can email us at letsgetwriting at katherinetaylor.ca. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. And if you love this episode, share it with a friend. Until next time, believe in yourself and let's get writing.